Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, hello, listeners. Welcome back to a regular episode of Mark and Sarah Talk About Songs. I'm confused, you're confused, but we're going to get through it together, and we're going to remember how this love used to last. What? Exactly. I don't even know anymore. With me, as ever, is my glorious co-host, Sarah D. Bunting. Hello, regular Sarah. <laughs> Hello, regular Mark. How are you? Well, I'm doing fine. I'm completely disconcerted by hearing one of the theme songs, <laughs> and I was like, why don't we use these anymore? <laughs> oh, <laughs> it literally, as we're recording this, has been, I'm going to say, two full calendar months since we've had occasion to bust out the theme song. Uh, David Byrne theme song, it's nice to hear you again. And uh, also, now I'm going to say something that I haven't said in a while. It's time for an episode with a number. It's episode one thirty eight. <laughs> hey, so Sarah, what uh, yeah. what is this regular not mass March Mastis episode that we're doing? Um, well, in a way, it is a March Mastis <laughs> episode. Yes, uh, it is the one in which we we decided that we would examine. Um, a track from the winning band from our March Mastess bracket, which, of course, was 1980s British bands. Um, and Duran Duran, uh, as I don't think I predicted, but should have at the end of the day, Duran Duran uh, triumphed over Tears for Fears in our championship round. And then our delightful Patreon supporters were asked to select uh, from a list of eight Eight to ten, I, I think, think it was eight. Um, I think uh, Duran Duran tracks that we would uh, discuss. We have talked about Duran Duran before on the podcast um, a couple of times. Once, uh, just you know, a, an episode just about a Duran Duran song. Once in the context of Bond songs, I feel like they come up all the time. They have a delightful Twitter presence. I'd like to add, if you're not um, on that, get on it. It's fun. They post old pictures of themselves, and it's great. Um, they are they have the hearts of champions um so you guys selected patreon supporters selected rio for us to discuss on today's podcast i am a little surprised that that was the choice mark can you talk a little bit more about how those uh rankings ended up breaking down on the patreon side <laughs> like in the poll what other options were close sure so i have to say i was not surprised and here's why as someone who was never a huge Duran Duran fan in the 80s proper, the only two songs I was really aware of in the 80s by Duran Duran were Hungry Like the Wolf and Rio. Hungry Like the Wolf, because we've already talked about it, was not an option. So for me, as a sort of Duran-adjacent listener, I think Rio <laughs> was probably the only choice. But also, now I know a lot more Duran Duran songs. Uh, so I actually voted for the second place song in the poll. But... Cosmically speaking, I'm not surprised that Rio won. However, you didn't ask me about any of that. The winning song, Rio, got 28% of the vote, uh, but close behind was Save a Prayer. And I just want to acknowledge that we had some patrons who were on the poll commenting that, well, Heather Moth said, I hadn't heard. Not on the poll, P-O-L-E, <laughs> although. <laughs> I mean, I don't know what you do in your spare time. 
<laughs> that brings me back to our episode with Pam Ribbon. Can you strip to this? <laughs> like, save a prayer. That's a tough one. You're going to need a lot of scarves. I think it's doable. Anyway, please continue. <laughs> but Heather Moss wrote, I hadn't heard Safer Prayer since the actual 80s, and despite my four decades of ambivalence toward Duran Duran, the clip you played on the most recent episode lit up the nostalgia center of my brain, which is the largest part of my particular brain, and flooded me <laughs> with serotonin. But I'm voting for Rio because I'm tired of voting for things that don't win. <laughs> and then the, the story gets more complex, y'all, because then oh I saw that Saver Prayer... You said a mouthful, <laughs> Heather Moss. I, but then I saw that Saver Prayer was doing really well, so I emailed Heather privately... Who I've never met. Heather, I've never met you. We don't know each other in real life, but we sure do know each other through the language of this podcast. So I emailed and said, just so you know, it looks like uh, Safer Prayer is only one vote behind. So if you switch your vote, you might actually be voting for the winning song and the song you want. And then, no, Sarah, I mean, Heather is still voting for things that don't win at my urging oh. at this point. <laughs> it just goes to show you can't change the prime directive. No, like things are that if things are meant to happen, they will, despite our um, puny mortal interference. <laughs> <laughs> but I will say one more time, as we stand here in April and look as March recedes into the past, I never anticipated that Tears for Fears would make it to the final round of this tournament. I don't think I did either, and I think that was my mistake. I mean, I ranked them correctly; that was a one seed, but. I um, remain shocked, but not ungratified, that the Smiths didn't get out of the middle rounds. Um, it, yeah, there was a lot of there were a lot of surprises in this uh, tournament, but I think one of the surprises that shouldn't have been a surprise is that Duran Duran was, I think, comfortably um, in control of its uh, Florida and Fabulous region. Yes, um, the Bandit defeated. To get to the final four was, um, that was sad, but, you know, these things happen. But in retrospect, it seems like it should have been obvious that Duran Duran was was going to triumph. But on the other hand, there were a lot of things going on in the Rock This Island region that <laughs> boggled the mind, including, if I'm being honest the existence of the rock this island region like i feel like a lot of those bands both you and i were like eh, yeah, it's, it's sort fine of, it, one, <laughs> one lesson that i think i learned if we do this again is don't create an entire division that's filled with bands i don't really give a fuck about <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah yeah but you um, know but i do one of the things that you said about their twitter presence duran duran i speaks to why i like the band so much because i feel like that for Almost 40 years now, they've just been having a good time. And they don't seem to be having a good time in a performative way where they want to convince us that they're having a good time. It honestly just seems like they have enjoyed themselves. And there are so many people who have succeeded in a large way in popular music who don't seem to enjoy themselves at all or who meet tragic ends. But Duran Duran is like, yeah, we're still we're still kicking it, still wearing some eyeshadow let's do it and there's something about their ability to stay in the game in what seems to be a fairly relaxed enjoyable way that i really admire because yes the songs are really good but at this point the attitude is so good that the whole package becomes more appealing yeah i would say richard marx is is like yeah. this too like his twitter is different and a little more like political 
and also a little more openly making fun of his giant 80s poof but um he like there's something to be said for these bands and artists who are like we were really lucky to be this huge and but you know we're also hard workers and and talented but they don't like you know how we're always talking about that um that oral history of grunge and how just nobody was having a good time Ever, yeah. in this like seminal rock and roll like artistic scene the only people who were having any fun at all were Candlebox, <laughs> yeah. and Candlebox was just getting clocked by people who were newborns who didn't even speak <laughs> yeah. English at all times. Like a baby in Malaysia's first words were, Candlebox sucks. <laughs> yes. With like a little caption underneath, like in English, Candlebox sucks. <laughs> like, <laughs> we've trained you well, young, young Padawan, young Malaysian Padawan. <laughs> but Duran Duran and Richard Marks both seem to be able to enjoy their combination of hard work and the like um fickle fortune of like radio and billboard anointings and stuff like that that they're like you know this is our job and we love our job and we're not going to act like we're in the wanted dead or alive video (laughs) it's like everything's terrible it's black and white Uh, you know who uh, i think would be the finish the triad here is huey lewis yes Uh, unfortunately i think he's got a severe hearing problem now but yeah it it always seemed like i think you're right for most of the time huey lewis was just having a decent run of it pretty good mood yeah and and these are not guys who like say problematic things and you're like oh pff, shut the fuck up like the they're the inverse of morrissey right, right. who <laughs> seems to hate everything about his life including and especially people who are different from him like why don't you just quit then and become uh, like run a plant nursery far away from everyone <laughs> it, it really does seem like that is the best choice for your mental health and ours, because I don't, I don't want to hear you talking. So to bring it back to a band that doesn't damage our mental health, I think this might be a good time to hear a clip from Rio. Um, it doesn't damage our mental health, but uh, as many people pointed out during um, the, the um, voting in various rounds, sometimes their lyrics really will break your brain if you try to make them make sense. I think we'll find that in this clip and elsewhere in Rio.
the Rio Grande down in Texas. Hey, Rio is the river, but is also on the river and <laughs> in the river. And she's at, she's in Texas, but she's also on likes a beach. Rivers Cuomo. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. And likes Johnny Rivers. <laughs> and Mickey Rivers, <laughs> formerly of the New York Yankees, who had a serious gambling problem. Don't at me. Um, Listens to Joni Mitchell's yeah. River. <laughs> as as you do. Um, I have always loved that. Hey, now. Woo. <laughs> like, this is um what straight men say when they are admiring their own erections. <laughs> It would not surprise me to learn that, si- that Rio is actually Little Simon. <laughs> hey, hey now! now. Woo! Woo. <laughs> I mean... Because it's seriously, just... because it's like, oh, there's a, the f- my friend came back. Hey! Yeah! Great to see you, hey buddy. Now. Woo. <laughs> or like, uh, he just dusted some uh, cocaine on it, and he's like, "Check it out." Hey now! Woo! Okay, I have to make an immediate <laughs> tumescent sidebar. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a few years ago, the longtime listeners will recall that there was a time for one week where our good friend John Ramos had to step in and record an episode with Sarah about the song. Voices carry by Till Tuesday. Uh, yes. For the one-off appearance of Justice, John and Sarah talk about songs. Yes. That was because theme song by Tara Ariano. Yes, that was because I was in the hospital with a traumatizing illness uh, that we don't need to get into. But one of the things I remember so clearly is realizing I was well again when my bowels, my appetite, and my sex drive came back. And when I got an erection again after this extended illness, I was basically saying, hey, now, woo, woo. <laughs> yeah. I thought you were gone, little buddy. I'm so glad you're not. So, oh, man. That, so that's yeah. how I, that's I, how mean, I interpret so I'm your not, wisdom. I'm not wrong. No, you're. The, the, this is a reaction to, yeah, I'm just imagining him looking at like, you know, 28 um, pet Benatar clones are writhing around on his giant circular mattress and he's like hey now (laughs) and uh you know who would totally admit that is simon lebon (laughs) i bet that he'd be like oh yeah totally (laughs) well one of here's some other songs that were also about my penis like "Mm." and it's like union of the snake spoiler like oh word new moon on monday (laughs) was about my ass (laughs) (laughs) the reflex (laughs) wild boys <laughs> Come on. Un- Keeping it classy as always here at Mastas. Come undone. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Notorious. Is there something I should know? Parentheses about my own erection. <laughs> <laughs> Save a prayer for this file of Viagra. Um, Skin trade is writes itself. Yeah, that's that's a little too obvious. Uh, listening to this song again, which I've heard this song a gazillion times. Um, it it was like it became obvious why this was selected um this is the first uh song on the titular rio album she is like like the cover of this album is so 80s with her like short punky hair and this like david bowie painting situation happening with her makeup slash whatever that is waves clouds his erection who can say uh 
and it's just a very like it might not be the quintessential Duran Duran track but as a um, first track on what is probably their most famous album uh, it is advisedly chosen uh, you have this like uh, very synthy and um, not ersatz but like it's it's just very synthetic synthesizer opening to the song and then you you know go into the main synthesizer part of the song this is a very simon Le bon vocal <coughs> we came in on the saxophone bridge <laughs> which is both a very 80s saxophone but also acts more like a guitar break in some ways it's very crisp and and fast and not as like uh not as much of a wailing um tone as like most saxophone breaks of this type like this is not a ballad but saxophones tend to be ballady whether you want them to be Mm. or not and this was very crisp and seemed to reflect a more guitar state of mind um and then there's this, you know, <laughs> mini um, pay-in to the Simon Le Boner uh, to kick off the last verse. And then do-do-do-do-do-do is, is very Duran Duran. I, I think it's a very typical song that holds up pretty well. It's, it's made of a lot of um, synthetic parts, but it's... It does not feel synthetic, like, emotionally. It feels very of its time, but not too dated. Like, the song after this, um, which I love, uh, My Own Way, I think it's called, is very is very 80s in a way that I don't think has held up necessarily, although I find it enjoyable. So, well chosen, Patreon supporters. Well done. I enjoyed revisiting this and, have like, putting a closer ear on it than than i usually would and also hey now all right well speaking of 80s bands and various things that are about sex uh (laughs) we are going to take a pause from our rio conversation right now this could go literally anywhere (laughs) that's what she said (laughs) (laughs) that's what she said Oh, we're going to take a minute to talk about a playlist that one of our Patreon supporters, Rachel, asked us to create. And listeners, whether you are a Patreon subscriber or not, you can ask us to make you a playlist, and we will be happy to do so. The playlist can be about anything at all. It can be on any subject. Do you want to have us create a playlist of the perfect songs to break up with your boyfriend to? Do you want a playlist of the perfect songs to throw away your teddy bears to? Whatever. We are happy to do it. Uh, In the same way that we will also do pop chart astrology readings to divine the destiny of your life based on the song that was number one on the day that you were born, we will make you an all-purpose playlist for any reason. And Rachel contacted us recently and let us know that she was responsible for putting together the music for a massive reunion of what I think was multiple classes from her high school. So she asked us if we would be willing to put together a playlist of songs from 1981 to 1991 that made us immediately think about high school. 
And Sarah, I don't know about you, but I thought that was a pretty delicious challenge. Yeah, and very hard to narrow down, by the way. Um, I um, was not in high school in the early 80s. I was in grade school, but um, I just went with, like, what was going to be playing at the roller rink slash in carpool? Yes. Seemed like a and good I actually, rubric. I wasn't in high school until 93, but I went with, when I was in high school, which songs from this period would come on and get the joint jumping? Uh-huh. Well, by the time that we got to 90, 91, I was like, also, I listened to a lot of pop music then. So rather than running down all of the songs on the list, because Sarah and I, we went a little wild uh, <laughs> and came up with more songs than you could listen to in 50 reunions. We're going to go through each year. And I think, Sarah, if I remember correctly, we're each going to choose one from each year and then move forward. Yes, I think that's correct. All right. So what is your choice for 81? Well, um, I mean, I asked for celebration to be put on the list, even though my whole thing with people getting married is to ban that from the wedding playlist. I'm like, just do me a favor. Just don't put that on there. Because I, I think it needs some time off. But it's it's still a great, it's still a great um, celebratory joint that really will get butts on the dance floor whether you like it or not however i felt that we had to go with um a hall and oats track because they were just huge then so for 1981 i would pick kiss on my list very good selection and i would choose jesse's girl by Mm. rich springfield because it is just a kick-ass rock song and I feel like it's one of those 80s songs that is played just enough to be remembered, but not so much that you wish you would never hear it again. Yeah. And, oh, my God, speaking of hot back then. Hot. Hello, doctor. <laughs> uh, so for 82, there are a lot of great choices. Uh, one of The one that I'm going to choose, though, as being definitive, uh, perhaps obviously and necessarily, is Don't You Want Me by The Human League. I feel like that's one of those 80s songs that... Everybody always is ready to dance to that at a reunion or in their bedrooms or in their car or with their cat. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Jack and Diane by John Cougar, Mellencamp, Cougar, Mellencamp, Chandler, LLC. Um, I forget which iteration of his name we were on at that point. I think he was still John Cougar. Who cares? Even if you don't like Jack and Diane, you know all the words, and it is this very nostalgic, uh, you know, what at Halcyon time it was when we were in high school, and the only thing we cared about was each other. So that's what I'm picking. And for 83, what what called you, what called your name in for 83? Oh, God, this one, this one is really tough. Um, but because it refers to the name sort of tangentially of a class i'm gonna pick thomas dolby's she blinded me with science (laughs) (laughs) amazing and also it had a great video science i should note that rio is on this list as well Mm. but clearly we're talking about that plenty for me no question gloria by laura (laughs) brannigan i love that song so much in fact i don't want to say another word because i do think we will eventually dedicate an entire episode to laura brannigan's gloria Mm, indeed Uh, i will say honorable mention for 83 up where we belong i still hate that song because it was so fucking omnipresent that year and it's i think absolutely on like reunion playlists for that year yes absolutely because it was so duetty and oh jesus Anyway, now 
My choice for 84 stems from the fact that you are going to want a few slow songs at any reunion uh, so that you can dance in the gym and no one's going to tell you that you're too close to each other. I feel like that is why we must include Missing You by John Waite. That's an excellent choice. Uh, I added Corey Hart's Sunglasses at Night because Mm. this was like the most enduring. um, It wasn't a novelty song, but the fact that people still like Anytime anyone is wearing sunglasses inside for any reason, people across cultures will still make this <laughs> reference. Good for you, Corey Hart. I hope you're making a couple cents every time that happens. But I am going to go with uh, Jump for My Love by the Pointer oh, Sisters because yes. this was um, that's a great song to dance to. Everyone can jump at the same time. And this was like the Pointer Sisters peak moment in the culture. God, yes. I lo- I actually remember getting in a fight with my neighbor and friend down the street, Greg, over which jump was better, the Van Halen jump or the Pointer Sisters jump. Listener, I'll let you decide which one I was arguing for. I I mean, if you put them head to head, maybe we should do a jump playlist at some point. Oh, because you could put Crisscross in there, too. Oh, And yes. Madonna's jump. Oh, from my God. That's one on of my favorite floor. songs. One of the few Madonna songs we haven't spoken about. Oh, my oh God. My God Sarah, right. I'm just writing this down. I'm writing yeah, this down. Seriously. Because um, we haven't done a um, another song title bout episode yeah. since we did. Uh, since we did. Oh, hold on. Stay. Stay. We did songs named Stay. Didn't we do another one since then? Oh, maybe. Did we do one on Angels? Yes. Angel? I think yeah. so. Well, this would be a good one. So jump. Please make a note. Mm. Uh, now. Tipping over into 85, obviously, we're going to give a shout out to Material Girl and other Madonna songs of this year. But I feel like I have to choose for 85, St. Elmo's Fire, Man in Motion by John Parr. <laughs> that song is so much fun to dance to, and you can literally act out the lyrics. Going to be a man in motion. All I need is a pair of wheels. Like, ro- Just imagine yourself rolling your arms like they're wheels right now. You, you can't beat it. Uh, and we talked about that in like episode three, four. Yes, with Joe like Reed, with we, our very own Joe Reed. You're right. We also talked about Summer of '69 in episode '69 with Danny McCacken. But I am going to go with Simple Minds. Don't you forget about me because mm. that was a huge song from a movie about high school. So there you go. A classic. Yeah. So what did you choose for '86? Oh my God. Um, I was so tempted to be like Kyrie by Mister Mister and then have no further explanation. I do love that song, even though it's terrible. God, me too. However, the the part where they do all the, the all the beat drops out and it's just hand clapping. Yes. Uh, I mean, it's yeah, and it's like a prayer chant. It's like what? Yeah, where where exactly. are we? Eighties. Why is Catholicism at the top of the charts? I don't know. However, um, and I just had a flashback. I just saw Higher Love again. Like, oh my god, I hate that song so much. I'm gonna go with uh, my boys from Jers living on a prayer. Bon Jovi. I like it. I'm going with the effervescent joy that is How Will I Know mm. by Whitney Houston. Oh, my gosh. She's so pretty in that video, too. I know. God. Oh. I hope wherever we- she is, she looks exactly like that. And she was so happy. Oh. <laughs> I know. It's just, it's just that song, no matter what happens to her later, that song still is such a joyous gift that she left us all. Mm. It's true. Also, if you if you have never on YouTube heard... The unprocessed original take vocal from that recording. Oh Holy God. shit. Yeah. It's crazy. Like, Whitney did it. Won't she do it? She did it. She did. 
Um, 87, I'm going to get a little bit rebellious because we have to fight for our right to party at this reunion. So yes. the Beastie Boys get in on that one for me. Uh, I'm going to go with Lean On Me, heard nonstop at the end of the year in 1987. That was Club Nouveau. Um, and it, it's it's very 80s, but it still works on me, that song. Oh, my God. And I remember being in elementary school when this remake was popular, and they passed out the lyrics to the song to my class so that we could all contemplate what it means to be a true friend. And it was just very cute in retrospect because it was like this song is teaching you about kindness. And then also it has the part where they go, we be jamon, we be jamon. Mm. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's not. We do be jamming. It's not good. And yet it's great. Yes, that's exactly it, right. It it's had not good, its but purpose it's and it served it well. Um, so what do you have for 88? Oh, I'm really I'm really torn amongst our selections here and there are some excellent like sort of themed choices like One Moment in Time by Whitney. Um but I have to go with uh, Heaven is a Place on Earth yes. by Belinda Carlisle cuz it was everywhere and it's still it's held up pretty well that song. I think I've told on this podcast before the story about requesting that on a radio station in Maine mm. when Andrew and I were on a trip. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I, I have to choose this song too. It's it's mm. a it's a double pick for Heaven is a Place on Earth, one of the finest songs that the eighties ever did produce. Mm. Agree. Now for, for eighty nine, oh my god, okay. There are I have to go back, Sarah, to the ballads here because Right Here Waiting by Richard Marks is the perfect school dance ballad. I no, I agree. Um this whole list, I love how many of the songs on our list for 1989 we have already done episodes uh, <laughs> yeah, about. <I> know. <laughs> Pretty amazing. Um, <laughs> not Debbie Gibson, though. Uh, I'm going to pick Stand just for the reunion purposes. I believe we have, that was like our first episode of the year for 2018, yes. I think. It was the episode that came immediately after we ranked the Immaculate Collection. I remember oh, we wow. recorded them both on the same day. So that's 2017. And Dang. Yeah. We old. We we recorded the stand episode immediately after that marathon Immaculate Collection episode. <laughs> yeah. And it ended up being eight minutes long because we were <laughs> like, girl, I got nothing left. <laughs> I know. It's true. Uh, but I'm going to go with stand. There were a lot of excellent choices here. And um there's like, you know, Eternal Flame we've talked about. Love Shack is a guaranteed like dance floor filler, but I'm going to mm -hmm. go with Stand. Good. Okay, 1990. Now, 1990 and 1991 are the two years that I I was in 1990-91, I was 11 and 12, 10, 11. No, I was 11 and 12. So, I think that one could argue that that's around this age that pop music is the that that's our always going to be our favorite era in pop music is when we're 11 12 13 mm. without a doubt 9091 to me it's all masterpieces <laughs> i will hear no argument <laughs> so therefore looking at the list of undeniable masterpieces from 1990 i'm going to choose all around the world by lisa stansfield because that song is still really fucking good and i think it's the kind of song that if you heard it at a reunion you would be delighted because you hadn't thought about it in a while and I had forgotten that it was from this early. I thought it was from later. Um, 1990 is my high school grad year. Uh, so although there are many songs on this list that are better 
than the one I'm about to select, I have to salute the one that was played not once or twice, but three fucking times at my prom, and that is, of course, You Can't Touch This by <laughs> The Reverend Hammer. <laughs> three times? <laughs> it wasn't even that long a prom, dude. And yet, oh, I mean, that song, it's hard to explain how how we lived with that song like it was a family member. I am not kidding. Like, it was just in your life every day. And you didn't mind. And then it disappeared, and it should have. But ring the bell. Oh, School's times, in. Yeah. <laughs> Parachute pants for all. All right. Last one. What do you got for 91? Okay, 91. Oh, oh God. I just every song. I this know. Is the, I just... Oh, okay. Okay. I'm choosing Unbelievable by EMF. <gasps> that is a great song to dance to. Oh, my God. Yeah, and my f- I could do a perfect imitation of that guy being like, it's unbelievable in the background. <laughs> so people would make me do that. <laughs> this, oh! this was uh, every song on here. I have a strong association with um, my summer job between freshman and sophomore years of college involved a lot of driving. And uh, I was, like, on the road as a as a pool tester. Like, I had to test the water and bring samples back. It was a terrible job that also was kind of wonderful in a lot of ways. And the song that I associate the most strongly from that summer, because it seems not to have gotten out of that summer, despite being omnipresent for months, is Jesus Jones right here, right now. And I yes. think it also um, really is good for a reunion moment i also associate emf and jesus jones always yes in together they, d- they did tend to be played back to back at least in this market on the on fm radio but i was recently honorable mention to heavy d and the boys which was episode one episode one yes heavy d we see you now and forever i will say that i was recently grocery shopping at the whole foods in columbus circle late at night because i know how to party on a saturday <laughs> and right here right now was playing over the grocery store sound system as i was waiting in line to pay and i enjoyed hearing it mm. well another thing i enjoy hearing is uh more talk of simon Lebon's dick so let's go back to our discussion of rio with you so much about how well this song has held up and in fact i find it surprising in retrospect that this song did not reach the top 10 at the time yeah but here we are one of the things that i feel like i was able to enjoy afresh upon preparing for this episode was the drum fill that keeps happening the little like there's just that little that he keeps doing uh as a drummer throughout the whole song and it just gives this little bump it's like you're hitting it's like you're going in a speedboat and you hit just a little wave and the boat just jumps up a little bit and i feel like that touch for me right now is giving the song a lot of extra energy and i think the reason i love the song is because of how energetic it is it just feels like it's rushing forward at 100 miles an hour and that's why i started thinking about well what is making it so energetic and i've decided to lay some of the credit at the feet of the drums. I also love Agreed. the keyboard sounds. Like you, you've alluded to them already, but just they're so enjoyable. The, the the melody of this song is so pleasing. And the way that the keyboard 
teases us with slight changes in the melody. Like it sounds a little like they like it's like they pitched the keyboard up at one point and then pitched it down. I don't really have the language to explain why, but I feel like there's something um, malleable about the sounds that the song is making, even though you can always tell it's the same melody. And that also liveliness is just really enjoyable. And the, and then at the end of the day, you just have a really killer chorus that doesn't make a lick of sense, but is really fun to sing along to. And who doesn't want to sing, her name is Rio and she dances on the sand. I mean, that's sort of a perfect pop music chorus line because if you don't remember any other lyric from the whole song you'll remember that lyric and sometimes that's all you need to feel like you're quote singing along agree i think there is possibly an argument to be made that um the lyrics are talking about the emotional connection made through sex that can be illusory Mm. And that the music is talking about the music is creating that like strictly physical pheromonal part Mm. of that. And then the lyrics are talking about like, you know, by by making her a river um, or naming her after a river, you're um, implying that there is magic about a river that can never be recaptured. The, whatever the expression is, you never put your foot in the same river twice. twice. Yeah. Um, whoever that was, Herodotus. I'm yes, gonna say, very ancient. I'm that guy. Insight. Um, yes, m- much like many of mine. Ba-dum-tsh. Oh. Uh, you could also make the argument that any of these allusions are completely accidental. Um, I do suspect that if, if questioned, the members of Duran Duran would be like. Sure, that explanation sounds very sophisticated. Let's go with it. But you know what part you're right on about is the Simon Le Boner. <laughs> like, I just don't think they take themselves that seriously. But if this is the intended um, marriage of, like, both looking forward to and already mourning a one-night stand that didn't turn into anything else, um, then to have this light a touch with it is extremely sophisticated narratively. Well, you know, and dramaturgically. That yeah, I said it. That's really interesting. Good use of dramaturgically. That's really interesting because one can certainly imagine a song on that very theme that is much more melancholy about the way that you can never quite have the love that you want, the way that what you have tonight is going to dissipate quickly there are plenty of sad songs about that but the fact that this song which i think you're right can be interpreted and i think save a prayer is probably on that same theme or set of themes the fact that the fact that this song is able to see the ephemerality of a one-night stand as i think you rightly argue it could be doing and then be okay with it makes it kind of fun like ah but we may as well live it up while we can She's tantalizing. I'll never have her. I don't really understand her, but we're here right now. Let's bone. Mm. Yes. She's wearing nothing but body paint, and hey now. You know, that makes me think about, for whatever reason, how Duran Duran compared to Culture Club is always having a better time. Because all of the Culture Club songs are about 
Boy George's dissolving relationship with that one guy in Culture Club. And so even <laughs> oh, though they're yeah. even though most of their songs are pretty upbeat, they're always just so sad. And most of the Duran Duran songs that I know at least are kind of about the same thing, about the impermanence of love, but they're still so turned on by the quest that they're <laughs> yeah. still having a good time. And it those I don't have much more to say about that, but that that comparison struck me as being noteworthy. Yeah, I agree. And if you if you look at other bands or songwriters who might have tried to you know, marry these two concepts like the one like the sort of positives of a one night stand which are its impermanence and that you can sort of romanticize it in your mind and like the you know before it happens like the anticipation is great but then the sort of love hangover afterwards there is actually a lot of great disco and 70s like disco soul that that you know like literally the song love hangover but also just a lot of disco era music sort of contemplating this like post pill pre AIDS situation in which everyone found themselves along with many new drugs um, and sort of accidentally contemplating these, these two different takes on one night stands and the impermanence of love or romance or whatever. Right. But I can think of any number of, um, singer songwriters who would have tried to make this explicit and underline it, and you'd just be like, "Oh, God, fine, really?" Like, um, I feel like Don Henley took a run at this a couple of times, and as much as I like the song, um, this is the last, last worthless, worthless evening. evening. Yeah, like I love that song while also sort of wishing that Don Henley would like just leave the song at the curb for someone else to sing because he can be really annoying and like proud of his own imagery. Or I feel like Rivers Cuomo would have been like, eh, eh, like, okay, Rivers Cuomo, you're super smart. We got it. Yeah. Meanwhile, Duran Duran can be allusive about it and elusive about it at the same time. Yeah. And maybe it was just sort of like, well, you know, it's the early 80s and no one is necessarily expecting a um, like master's level. Like this is basically a talking blues, but we also played a clavinet. Like, uh, OK, no no one's expecting that from a bunch of guys wearing all the wet and wild eyeshadow. <laughs> so, yeah, incorrectly. I mean, again, maybe we are projecting a whole lot of um overthinking onto Duran Duran but uh the the sense that they can take it and would respect it even if we're way off base uh is also pleasing and adds to my enjoyment of their music the fact that they're having a good time like it's rock and roll that's loud and I agree with you and because they've been around for so long I feel like their music now almost demands a more thoughtful consideration than perhaps we would have been tempted to give it in 82 because they're still mm. here and the music is still with us. So let's think a little bit more deeply about why. I mean, we're not thinking deeply about Pac-Man fever anymore because that song is not still <laughs> with us, except in no. my heart, apparently. Well, no, because that was like an utterly cynical, <laughs> utterly cynical novelty song from the golden or the, I don't know, the shit age of utterly cynical 
novelty songs. The Cubist Zirconium Shuffle. Age of Yes, yes, there it is. There it is. But you know what? Cubic Zirconia can can sparkle brightly even for just a moment. So uh, if that's what it comes down to with Duran Duran and with this song, I'm okay with it. Um, and I am more than okay with March Mastass as a whole and with our winner. And we are, um, well, exhausted. Already super excited to do... March Mastas, the second annual March Mastas bracket uh, next time. This was really fun and made me think a lot of different thoughts uh, about the music of the 80s. So thanks, guys. Hey. Woo. and Sarah Talk About Songs is hosted by Mark Blankenship and Sarah D. Bunting and edited by Sarah D. Bunting. That's me. Need to talk to Mark and Sarah about song requests, ads, or birthday readings? Email us at talkaboutsongs at gmail.com, tweet us at talksongs, or find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash massdass.podcast. To become a supporter and producer of the podcast, visit our Patreon page at patreon.com slash mastass. And as always, thank you for listening. listening to believe you can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform check us out at believe.com and search for b-l-e-a-v on youtube